Welcome to this week's podcast from the Eucliping Church. We hope you enjoy this message. What an exciting moment for all of us. Who would have told you five years ago that you will be in a church where you have a, a, an associate pastor from Spain who has an accent and you will have to understand things by faith, not because you understand everything. Uh, I, I've noticed that when I get very excited in preaching, my, my pronunciation goes downhill and people uh, understand less and less. And that's why I decided today to be very boring to you. <laughs> so at least you can. And we're going to do a prayer. But I, I didn't know what to do this, but I have to do this first. I want to uh, welcome those who are visiting here for the first time, um, friends. <laughs> and I want to... Um, thank god that we are all here together today to receive something from him um i told my trainer his name is Ibube, he's in the room i told him i want to talk about you because you made it now this, this is the call to everyone if you don't have a dream consider Marit house and consider Ibube as a trainer because he's one of the best now i want to tell yeah thank you so it's always, I learn about spiritual lessons from him because I think that, that disciplines in the spirit are like, it's like going to the gym. Prayer, we don't want. Worship, we don't, we don't want anything of the spirit, but when you get in there, when you're done, you feel good, like going to the gym. It's like going to the gym. So, so you need sometimes someone like Ibube, and it could be me or Pastor Jacob or Pastor Susan, Pastor Anna, to kind of encourage you into the spiritual disciplines. Uh, how's your prayer life? How's your worship life? Encourage you, give you a little, and then ask you, what is your effort level? Okay, it was too difficult, it was nine. So then, it, okay, take it slowly. You don't want to burn out so fast. So encourage you, okay? So they do give a free week uh, of training, so you all can go and get your free week and ask for him so he can be busy the rest of the year. Now, the good thing about Ibube is that uh, he has good sense of humor, finally, because I've been helping him in that area. <laughs> <laughs> he can tell you the details afterwards. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't want to get into trouble because of this promotion. <laughs> it was, it's a free thing, though. I, I want to start uh, uh, thanking Pastor Jago Pastrana for this open door to share with all of you. Um, I told God, uh, I, I've always had this desire to preach, but I think it was an unhealthy desire to go ahead and share before my time. So I told God, and I told Pastor Jacob, can you, can you please kill this desire? I don't want to suffer by non-preaching. And so he did it. <laughs> so praise the Lord, so I didn't have to suffer. But then when the, the door opened, I said, no, this time I have to step up by faith. I have to share something that is burning my heart. So I want to do a prayer, then we'll go into the message. Uh, I know that some preachers are short-winded. I, I am long-winded, to tell you the truth. Okay, just want to be honest. But I put a little bit of sense of humor to make it easy for you. Okay, so uh, you're going to enjoy a lot today, and you're going to receive. But I think that we have to prepare our hearts. I'm going to do a prayer to prepare our hearts, okay? And this is going to be a prayer of repentance and confession, all right? So Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. And I come, we come here together because, Lord, we know that, um, that sometimes we don't feel worthy, that we don't feel that we match up to what you have called us to do. We feel lazy. We feel we condemn ourselves. So, Father, we repent of this self-condemnation right now. And we receive your grace and we receive your mercy 
that is available for us. We ask you, Lord, that you help us to create room in our hearts, to dig deeper and to create room for you, for your word, that you will touch us today, that we will be obedient, that we will rejoice because of the work that you are doing. So, Father, we want to repent of being lukewarm, of not sharing the gospel, of not reaching out, of not caring for our neighbor, of all the things that we know we need to do, but we we are looking more for our own self-interest and not for the interest of the other. So, Father, pray, Lord, that you change us, help us to be to reflect the love of God in our lives in practical ways, in ways that can be a blessing to other people. That when we say that we are going to bless, we will do it. When we say we are going to pray, we will do it, and we will see your hands at work. Because you are a faithful God and you are a loving God. So, Father, we pray that today you reveal your love, reveal your love to each one of us, because we have something in our hearts that we ask in you, and we we need an answer, and we want the answer today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I'm going to get a bit of water to tell you the truth. This is an act of faith. We have to sometimes to change our ways, okay? So my, my way of doing this is preparing for half an hour because I know that I don't never prepare one message, I prepare three. So I look into Pastor Chekhov's notes and he had six pages. And I say, if I prepare six pages, this can be dangerous. We can be here until, can be here until midnight. So I did, I did it by faith, okay? And then I put gives even the scriptures to be shown for you. This is just not me, but I'm doing it by faith and making, trying to say, if, if God can help me just to be clear, coherent, and to the point, that's what I want. That he will make things clear to us. Okay? Yeah. So, legacy. One of the things that i I, I feel that sometimes because we don't we we love sermons, but we don't like love the Bible yet. Okay, and we just need, need to be very honest. We don't spend hours looking at the, reading the Bible and seeking God, and I think that's what is required at this time. Okay, to seek God with all our hearts, and that's why uh, sometimes we don't get the big picture. We get small picture. You know, the problem is not that we lack truth; is that a lot of the truth that we have is incorrect. <laughs> oh, I'm going to take in, get into trouble today, but, but I have to say this. Because if you take one verse out of context and another one, another one, and you make your own theology, you can theologize everything you want in life. But that's not what God is saying. So, do you want an example? I'll give you an example. And I'm not going to tell names, but I'm going to tell you the, the theme. The theme, I don't, I don't know why it's called prosperity gospel. Because the gospel was always about the prosperity of God on earth. <laughs> All right, so you just don't have to, we don't have to call it that name. But if you want to become wealthy for yourself and you're going to use the Bible for that, I think that is not what God has in mind. You understand that? It's not that God doesn't want to make you wealthy, it's not, it's not the what, it's the how and what for. We are not asking the right questions. So the Bible says that He will multiply our seed. But what is seed? Seed is something you sow. And we want it. What do we want? For God to multiply our bread. So we can have bigger baskets at home of bread that after five days stinks. 
So we have to get the big picture. And this message today is about big picture, and you'll get a shift in your thinking because God is about something much greater than what we can see here. So the whole th message about legacy in Christ, but legacy is a word that we don't use very often. So what is the meaning of legacy? There are many definitions around, but I will share with you one. It's about the riches of the individual's life, including what that person has accomplished and the impact he or she has on people and places. What I'll suggest is that legacy that you have in Christ is what you leave behind when you are gone. Who is saved? Who is continuing the work of the kingdom? Who is doing this? Who is doing that because you were around? What was done because you were obedient to God? And I suggest to you that that's the importance of sowing into missions and sowing into the children and sowing into the youth. Why do we want to bless the next generation? Because they are the ones that thanks to our sowing, they will continue the work. It's called legacy. So John 15, 16 says, you have that, I don't know if I give it to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit, and that fruit will, would remain, so whatever you ask the Father in my name, will, he will give it to you. So the fruit that God wants to give to you, because he tells you that he, that was, he's what he wants to do, is fruit that, he will, that will remain. It's going to stay around for a long time. So when God does something, he does it forever. He wants to make you a blessing so that your impact will remain forever. People say, don't put anything on Facebook because it stays there forever. Say, well, I'm going to say about Jesus. Then, <laughs> uh, So just become a friend of mine and see the football game where Jesus is uh, spoken of. You saw that. <laughs> Jesus scored four goals yesterday. Wow. You, you know, God has his own way to minister to us. Now you're going to tell me, how come were you watching soccer yesterday on TV when you should be preparing for the sermon? Well, God was ministering to me through soccer. <laughs> Why would someone called Jesus had to score four goals yesterday? Why? And one commentator was, going, was saying, Jesus, and the one saying, Jesus. And not only that, the comments he made is amazing. Jesus brought the breakthrough. <laughs> there you go. Let it be known to everybody. <laughs> That's why I had to put it there. Okay, I thought that some soccer fans will show up today. <laughs> that was my faith. So the Lord has called us to bear. I'm, I'm going to be. Uh, can you do me a favor? Can you put your f my phone to to the timer? So I just I just don't want to go beyond the three hours that I have allocated for this. <laughs> See, they get my sense of humor now, everybody, see? <laughs> hey, we just need a breakthrough. I mean, I, mean I, don't, I don't want to make you feel bad. But if I tell you, as you are right now, do you love the word of God? Most of you will say, yes, yes. Okay, so do you want it for three hours then? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Jesus, help us. <laughs> Give us the breakthrough. Score the goal in our lives. Amen. So the Lord has called us to bear fruit that will last. 
Okay, so he's talking about contribution to his harvest. What is the contribution we have for his harvest? In this message, I'll share with you about the way that God called and taught Abraham into obedience through humility and sacrifice. Obedience, humility, and sacrifice. You want, you want to leave a legacy? You cannot leave a legacy that does, is go, is, goes against God's ways. So God has shown that through Jesus Christ, through Abraham, through Joseph, through David, and on and on and on and on. It's always the same pattern. Obedience, humility, sacrifice. And I will explain the legacy that Christ has left for us and the, the legacy that he has called us to live in his kingdom. So legacy is not your reward now or in heaven is the impact you have when in the kingdom of God when you are gone. So now you know that when we ask God for things, is we ask him, can you help me in this? Can you help me? I need this. I need that. And that's okay. But what if we ask God something that's in his heart for what he wants to do th through us for the kingdom? So we're going to read from Genesis. A lot of Genesis today. And uh, Genesis 12, I want to bring a few lessons from uh, Abraham. The first thing that we hear is that God tells Abraham, go from your country or leave your country from your relatives and your father's house to the land which I, have sh I will show you. It's not the land that I have shown you. It's the land that I will show you. The land is a promise to begin with, okay? But there are three things to leave behind. One of them is our relatives, the land, the a country and the father's house. Let me tell you one thing. We need to be very careful how we relate to our parents. To say that I'm leaving my father's house doesn't mean that I will dishonor my father and my mother. But it means that I have an independent life. All right? So if you get married, and even if you're not married, you're an adult, and your mommy and your daddy, they are providing for you, making your bed and everything. <laughs> Maybe it's time to grow up and leave out and move out, isn't it? Because these unhealthy relationships we cannot have. All right. Let's leave. But that's only one dimension I wanted to bring because some, that's very common in the Hispanic culture, by the way, that there are some relationships there that are very weird. And we need to break those things. How, and the reason is because you want to go into what God has for you. So, Jesus told Peter, follow me. What did Peter do? Left every everything behind. He said, we have left everything behind to follow you. So, what does it come to come to Jesus? What does it mean to come to Jesus? Is it really to say a prayer, Jesus, be the savior of my life? Or is it, Jesus, I leave everything behind. I will follow you. God calls Abraham to come out of, from a culture, relationships, and a father-son relationship so that he, he can show himself to him. God wants us to leave those things behind so God himself can show himself to us as a father. See, relationship with God is determined by how able we are to leave things behind. So God wants to show himself as a protector and a provider of everything he needs to fulfill the purpose. So in 2 Corinthians 6, 17, 18, I'm going to read this quickly. And since you have at the back, you don't need to understand my accent. All right, good. 
I will dwell among them and walk among them, and I will be their God. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from the midst and be separate, says the Lord, and touch not what is unclean. And I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. The whole thing here is, is we see this in the book in, the, in Corinthians, is that uh, the, the, our Father wants us to so consecrate ourselves so He can show Himself strong on those who have put the trust in Him. Wow, this is a big promise. I don't feel I've heard so many people. I don't feel God as a Father. So what if you leave some things behind? <laughs> but I don't know how to do it. Let's go and have a, ta- a talk. What do you fill your time with? What are things that you can stop? And other things you can start? You just do it by faith. Not as a religious practice, but by faith telling God, God, I don't want anything to do with that, but I want to do these things to do with you. So the whole thing here is about influence. Influence. If you stay in the same place, in the same culture, and that is a bit tricky for us because we are in the United States, so we have a culture. So I'm not telling you, please, can all of you by next week go to Spain and become um, uh, missionaries? If I was a millionaire or billionaire, I may say, whoever's taking the call, I'll pay your ticket. (laughs) But the whole thing here is leaving something behind that has to do with the influence we are getting. Where are you getting your influence and where is your journey, journey of influence of God over your life? Who is influencing you, the world or your life? Money or your life, or God? Who, where is your influence coming from and how can we descend that, all right? So if you don't descend that, again, go to Pastor Jacob and he will descend it for you. I'm getting him a lot of work. We are at a time when we need to trust God like never before. Four years ago, nobody was talking about tough times that would come because of COVID. But do you know the tough times that are coming up? Do you realize that we need to trust God now like never before? That our seeds of faith now are going to be our, it's going to be our breakthrough tomorrow? So separation leads us to te- the separation leads us to a test of our faith. It's called provision. So, because Abraham had paid a price to go into God's will, his faith was tested. How do you know that you are going the right way? Things are happening that you didn't expect. Now I'm going to give a um, testimony on behalf of a little bit. If I, you can correct me afterwards. And Shelley, but they came here by the word of the Lord. Okay, they told, God has told us to come here. But when they came here, they found that things were not, were not exactly how they expected. Huh? I mean, Greg has been driving like, uh, I mean, I, I, I wish that he had a moving company from College Station to Austin, to tell you the truth. So, <laughs> so he could make a little bit more on the side. <laughs> so there's some things that, are, but their faith is, has been tested and, 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 they can tell you the story. I don't have to tell you the whole details, but I think that they have got a breakthrough in certain areas that needed perseverance, okay? Perseverance. Um, so what happens with, with um, Abraham is that God sends him to a place, and guess what happens in that place? There is a famine. I mean, people are starving. 
What a deal. I mean, I've been walking so long and now I don't have enough to eat. Oh. But Abraham has paid so much of a price, he's not going to stop believing in God, okay? He's still, God, he will help me somehow. However, it takes a process. And that's where Abraham, as many of us, he made many mistakes, okay? But God covered his mistakes. God is not saying, hey, you lack of faith, you went to Egypt for food. How come now starve in Egypt? God didn't do that, okay? So God was gracious, he covers that. We came from, uh, I came from Singapore. I come from Spain, but then 13 years in Singapore. We came here by the word of the Lord to study. And uh, we had a, a big challenge as well. So we didn't have enough money for our studies. But we just said, yes, Lord, hallelujah. And then came here. Three months later, I was crying on my knees. I was just crying to God because I didn't have enough money to pay electricity. I just didn't. But my, I think the Holy Spirit was working in me because my repentance to God was not, God, I don't have money. It was, God, I don't have the faith for the money. <laughs> in other words, I just don't, uh, I wish, I'm, I'm trying to believe you, but I just don't believe you. That's, how is this going to work? <laughs> I'm having that prayer with God, and God, this is my time in Egypt, see? But God blessed us, and, and, the pay, and, the, and the bills we paid, and that happened a few times. I didn't cry all the time because I stopped crying. I grew up, but I was telling God, God, how is this going to happen? And he just made a way. There was one point, and, and Pastor Susanna can tell you the details, but we just were not paying our fees because we didn't have money the fees in the university so we kept getting emails pay or you will be dropped and they'd like to send your email with red letters just in case you don't know how to read in black so they, they change the color you will be dropped meaning that you'll have to register again and pay again for res registration or whatever you will be dropped i don't know what that means exactly in english but i i just i just thinking well i, I think that we cannot go to class or something like that and again, another email, another email. Thank you, Jesus, you will provide. And uh, we're just waiting for the money to go come so we can pay. There was no dropping anybody. We kept going and going and going until money came and then we paid. I just don't want you to go through the same thing, but uh, because it was uh, it's like arrows coming my way, trying to destroy my faith. But at that time, I just believed God. So we graduated after five and a half years full-time in the summer as well. Full in the summer. Uh, usually credits, you know, pay by credit hour. So for to, to a PhD, you need to have about 71 or 74 credit hours. Pay that amount times that. When we graduated, we had paid 120 hours. We graduated with no debt. Because God had provided. Because if God sends you to a place, even you go through your Egypt times, he will pull you through. Uh, so that is, I just wanted to share that testimony because it's, it, it feels, it's what Abraham went uh, through. So, so Abraham goes to Egypt, not God's will. He lies to Pharaoh. <laughs> he, he lies, okay? Not God's will. And then finally he surrenders the wife. Are you, this is my sister. <laughs> I mean, what future do you have? Now the Pharaoh is going to get married to your wife, and goodbye to you. Not good plan, isn't it? But God, 
in that moment and also with Abimelech, the same thing. He just intervened. God intervenes when you uh, do the stupid thing if you are in God's will. That's why it's so important to leave everything behind, see? Because I'm not telling you that you leave everything behind, you will be super clever to get everything right. You will make mistakes, but is God going to bail you out? Is God going, is God going to intervene? And God intervened, and then what happens? It's not that God appeared to Abraham and said, um, you know what you did in Egypt? I mean, that's not very bright, isn't it? What, are, uh, what type of repentance are you going to do? Contrition, what type of what are you going to do? God didn't come to him like that. In fact, it was the opposite. What happened is that Pharaoh, he blessed Abraham and Lot. He left Egypt super blessed. You make mistakes and you are blessed. Hallelujah. <laughs> What a sermon, what a sermon. Because you have left everything behind. So, separation leads to test, and God will come with his provision, because God said, I will be a father to you. I want to show myself. He didn't say, leave your father's house, and you will have no father. You will be fatherless. He said, I will show myself to you, what I can do for you. So he, pro he, he provides. But also separation leads to a test of our faith in purpose. Yes. So later on, Abraham is challenged again. The land cannot support both Lot and him. So Lot has his own people. Abraham has his own people. This land is small. So they have some fights. Hey, you, what are you doing with your ship? That's my land. That's your land. Fight, fight, fight. Not good. That's not what God has. So... Abraham says, Lot, I don't think this is going to work in the long term. I'm just adding some words, okay? Make it. Uh, and, but um, I'll tell you what. Why don't you see what place you want to go? You go that way, and I go the other way. Right? Abraham did not say, I, you followed me, Lot. God called me. He did not call you. All right. So whatever you came to eat with to Egypt with me, you came out blessed. Why? Because I went. So Abraham humbled himself to Lot and said, "You think you're so wise? Now you go and decide." He humbled himself to someone who was not super connected. Now. Lot looked at place was a bit dry there, not, not so nice. The other place, a lot of grass, very green for the sheep and all that. Very prosperous near Sodom and Gomorrah. Wow. Yes, I'm going to go there. I'm going to prosper, of course. That's going seen by the flesh and not by the spirit. All right, seen by the flesh and not by the spirit. So if Lot had some brains, and I'll speak to him eventually, he would have said, he would have said, okay, God called us to a place. There was famine. There was nothing there. But he made a way. Therefore, he will make a way if I choose the place with no food. It's dry. I go to a dry place to see what God does, if I had any faith. Because God showed himself before. But he did not learn the lesson. So he was moved by the flesh and said, let's go to close to Sodom and Gomorrah. Wow. Let's have a party. What a party. He's enticed by financial prosperity, green pastures, green pastures near a place called Sodom. So he sees in the flesh, okay, the enticing 
of the flesh robs him of all his wealth as he eventually runs away of the city from the city with his for his life and only his family so you have a lot that has a lot of people a lot of cattle a lot of stuff let's go there let's prosper a few years later he goes running away with three members of the family but one of them halfway and they couldn't make it because because she has not left that thing behind which is part of the message today okay so what happens here do you want to create wealth god's ways or your own ways because maybe your ways will end up in nothing what is your legacy for afterwards because Abraham had an inheritance that he gave, okay? He, God made him very wealthy, but you don't see Abraham asking God, more wealth, more wealth, more sheep, more, more. But he, God made him wealthy. So he, what did he do with his wealth? Now, do you know how many children Abraham had? Trivial pursuit. I'm just trying to wake you up. Uh, how many? One said one. Any other? Two. Two. Anybody? Okay. Now... Let me tell you, read the, the, read the book of Genesis. <laughs> he had many more. He had more because God, when God made the miracle about restoring his youth and health, I mean, yes, he just went wild. He got another, Sarah died, and another wife, and more children. A lot of children. I don't remember the names, but they are in the book of Genesis. Yeah, we just need to look into it. All right, so some of you thought one you got it right because that's one according to god so yeah you had that filter said isaac i know ishmael is also ishmael also got god blessed tremendously okay so this blessing over ishmael as well and uh, and all the children but my point was he had a huge inheritance so in theory if you had two children you give 50 50 is that correct well he had isaac and the rest and the rest got zero and Isaac got everything. <laughs> You're not happy with that, isn't it? You think it's not fair. But Isaac was the promise from God. The other people, they didn't, the other people were not supposed to receive what God had given Abraham. Abraham had, uh, God had given Abraham for Isaac. So Abraham was faithful in what he did. Now, you may think that Ishmael got nothing, but he was also very wealthy. All right, so it's just if, if the blessing of Abraham is upon you, you don't need uh, the bank account transfer directly, okay? It's a blessing from God. Well, that's a good point there. Wow, we are making strides. And I'm coming to the end of the second page, and we, we will believe in miracles today to finish on time. <laughs> so one of the things that happens, and I believe that... Uh, uh, this is a pattern in Abraham's life, is that God intervenes all the time. It's just, it's just, so so uh, Abraham loves Lot, okay? The fact that he's away doesn't mean that uh, he's going to, okay, Lot, you disrespected me, you went there. Uh, how many, how often do we behave like that, okay? You disrespected me, you went your own way. I don't want to have anything to do with you. I'll see you somewhere in heaven or whatever. No, Abraham was the opposite. So Abraham heard that Lot and, and the whole kingdom of, uh, I mean, the, the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, they had been captured. And then he just said, okay, let me get people and I'm going to fight with them. He fought for the, he rescued Sodom because of Lot. What is the sinful city that Jesus is rescuing through us? 
Okay. So he did that amazing work of rescuing. But then he comes with all the wealth. Because, I mean, I, if I fought the battle, then everything is for me, isn't it? No? <laughs> so he has this an intervention, and this is what happens. There's someone for a place called Salem. His name is Melchizedek. And this is a weird encounter, but this is God sending him some wisdom. So what he does is uh, he brings uh, wine and, and bread, which is a sign of a covenant. It's a blessing. And this, this uh, priest called Melchizedek, he says, hey, I know that God has blessed you and given you victory. You are blessed. And Abraham said, great. Uh, let me give you 10% of this. So Abraham blesses Melchizedek financially with 10% of the spoil. Uh, amazing breakthrough there. Because, okay, so you're blessing me, so what? <laughs> All right, there's another lesson there behind. But what I'm saying is this, that after that encounter and that blessing, that was something that God used to give Abraham wisdom. Because the moment that happened, guess who came to give Abraham money? With agenda, with a motive, is the king of Sodom. The king of Sodom says, Abraham, you thank you so much for all this. What can I give you? Uh, Abraham says, I want nothing from you. Nothing from you. <laughs> so I don't want you to think that you have made Abraham wealthy when it was God who made me wealthy. I don't want Sodom to take some credit. So God, zero. So what was the, um, the final result of all this? First of all, I risked my life to, to uh, save Lord, family, and a sinful city, number one. Number two, I give 10% of the tithe to Melchizedek. Number three, my other people, they get, other people fought for me, they get something, but I get nothing. It's like minus, 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 and what? God's blessing, that is what it takes. All right. I'll connect this to the end of the service because uh, Abraham is getting so much blessing because he's working in the spirit by sowing and refusing the things that are not for him. You have to say no to the things that are not for you. And if you use money to manipulate people, stop it. Oh, that's good. <laughs> wow. I'm just going by faith because whatever I'm telling you is what I've wrote and I'm just trying to read it but I've, I'm not good at this uh, let me preach to you another thousand hours and I'll get good someone is smiling here you kept my, my humor that's good so you, we know that also Abraham interceded for Sodom and for, for, for Lot he said God, if, if there are few righteous people, would you spare the city? Would you spare the city? So he was interceding. And we know that uh, the things did not go exactly Abraham's way. But, but what I'm saying is this. It was not only blessing materially Lot through the rescue, rescuing his things. It's also interceding spiritually for his soul. There's that two things that Abraham does for his family. So, Abraham shows, eventually we'll get to the next scripture. What is our next scripture? I just, uh, uh, okay, we'll get there, don't worry. 
Abraham, the fact is that uh, Abraham shows a walk of obedience through sacrifice. Okay, so this whole thing about legacy, I'm just building the whole uh, journey of Abraham to come to the end, and then it will have some context. It will have some content as well. All right, so there is a walk of obedience through, through, through sacrifice. Abraham built four altars to the Lord, four. So the interesting thing about this is that uh, we don't, we don't um, have this in the scripture in, in Genesis as an, as an explanation. This is how he built the altar. This is what he did, how he did it, etc. But you can read from the book of Genesis that uh, um, there is a bit of sacrifice altar building by Abel because Abel gave from his flock. And so the whole thing was to sacrifice before God, uh, burn that offering. Okay, that's, that's how they did it. That's how Noah did it. Noah, uh, after this whole flood and all that, what is the first thing he did? He didn't say... Let's go and have a party. He said, let's go and build an altar to God. I can sacrifice. Now, if you have a lot of, if you are, at that time, they knew that uh, the earth was given to men. So all the animals belong to us. So everyone, all the animals have died except a few. I only have a few, but still I give to God first from what I have. So uh, sacrifice through, uh, through this building of the altar is what he did to recognize God, okay? So what happens is this, that uh, God sends him to a place where there are Canaanites there, all right? So people living there. So what is the first thing that, that Abraham will have felt? Fear. When God sends you to a place where it's full of demons or full of people, it's, it's affecting you. So what is, what is he going to do? He built the altar and God, God this, did something. God said, to your descendants, I will give this land, okay? So, to your descendants, you see the Canaanites, I will give this land to your descendants. Fear not, I will give this land. So God appears, speaks to him, and he builds an altar to sacrifice. It's a thanksgiving thing, all right? Sometimes we need to give, not only because we want something, just we want to give thanks to God. So, um, and he does the same thing with all this when when he separates from Lot he does another altar and says God you are my peace we had a strife I don't like that but now that you have solved this by giving me wisdom I'm in a place at peace and another altar to sacrifice to God so God is showing his faithfulness by removing all the spirit of fear from different places he goes and promising himself as a reward and protector now Genesis 15 uh, he says, do not be afraid, Abraham, because I am your shield and your great reward. So Abraham believes that and is credited unto him as righteousness. Okay, this is awesome. This is great, isn't it? Righteousness. So you get righteousness by faith by believing in the word of God. This is how it works. You can read the book of Romans. It explains a bit more. But what I'm telling you is that this sounds great when God tells you, I'm giving this land to your descendants, and, uh, and I'm your shield and your reward, and I'm going to do this. So what happens afterwards? So God, thank you. You're, my reward. you're going to give me descendants. You're my reward. You're my shield. All these things are going to happen. Hallelujah. Abraham goes and follows Sarah's advice to have to take Hagar as wife and have someone called Ishmael. You see how ups and downs of Abraham? So what's going on? What's happening here? 
Does it mean that you know, do not, um, is this lesson never listen to your wife? Because they are always going to give you the wrong advice. And Shelley said, no, that's definitely not sure. It's not true. We give good advice. <laughs> the only thing I'm telling you is that sometimes what we learn from here is that even if God has told you 20 times he's going to do something, don't try to do it on your own. Don't try to solve God's, give to yourself God's solution, the solution that God wants to give you. Because if you try to do that, God, I want the job, I want the job, I've been praying, I've been sowing, I've been doing this, and the job comes to you, thank you, Lord. You go to that disaster. Because you didn't talk to God, and it's not the, God, the thing that God had for you. All right? So it's always good to wait for uh, God to open the door. And yeah, Shelley, that's what you experience, isn't it? So she can tell you also another testimony about that. Uh, it's not... <laughs> How many preachers will come here and say, well, someone can do you that, someone <laughs> This is a family of God here, okay? So I don't have all the answers, but you have the answers. So I'm just getting you to work. Okay, good. Amen to that. <laughs> I'm so, you're so glad you have me only once every two years, no? Okay, I tried, all right? Don't tell me I didn't try. I tried my notes. I tried notes. I wrote down. I highlighted and everything. I'm just going to go because I have only 15 minutes and I have 200 things to say. I'm just going by faith. Amen. You believe me? If you decide to fall asleep, please snore so you can wake somebody up. I rebuke the spirit of destruction. <laughs> this is so much. All right, so this is the whole deal. The, la the last altar that Abraham bought, uh, built for uh, God is the altar he built when God told him, do you remember the child I gave you, Isaac, after all these miracles, after doing the miracle of resurrection life into your own body because you couldn't have one, into Sarah's body, you couldn't have one, but I gave you a child, and now you're enjoying that, and now sacrifice Isaac there. So he goes walking for three days, he sees a place, and, and that's the place. Uh, Jesus says that Abraham saw my day. And I think that God gave Abraham a vision of a place where God would sacrifice his own son, his own son for us. So Abraham did this by faith, and he, had, he tells us the story of a lamb that would be given for us. So that's the story. So he goes there by faith. So what happens is that, um, that he's believing God, and... Isaac is not there yet. So Isaac said, uh, the son is saying, Father, I see the wood. We have done this before. I see the wood. I see the fire. I see everything you need. But I don't see the animal. I don't see the sacrifice. So what is going to happen? So Abraham said, God will provide. Okay, so he goes. This is what happens. He takes the knife because he has to tie up. And for that, you need to have submissive children, by the way. Who, who is going to be a child which at that age? Uh, okay, so... I need to tie you up because I'm just going to sacrifice you here before the Lord because that's what he told me. We don't see that there, but that's what he's doing. 
So, he, so Isaac cannot move. He's as dead. He sees the, he sees the knife. I said, I'm gone. Abraham goes to kill. Abraham loves Isaac more than himself. So when what Abraham is doing, when he takes the knife, he's going to slaughter Isaac. Isaac. What he's doing is he's put, putting the, that knife inside his own heart. So there's a moment where God says, "Now stop! I ha you have a, a, there's another animal there for you. I provided something else. Use that." But now I know. Now I know you love me. See. And we say, I love God. Yeah, where is your Isaac sacrifice? Where is your great sacrifice? That God has brought you all your life, believing in that, and you give it to him. So that love is what God is looking for. And that's something that he can only do. We cannot manufacture. It's God's given. So what happens is that this is the second time that Abraham and Isaac come down of the Abraham comes down of that hill and he experiences something and Isaac the same and what is that it's called a taste of resurrection life because they are not the same people and this is the place where Abraham says God will provide is Jehovah Jireh this is the place of provision so what I've told you in the past, for those who have been following, is that that's the provision for the vision. God did something he said he was going to do, and this is his plan, and he's the purpose for Abraham. Well, there is more to that. So I'm going to read this to you, and we go, go to Genesis. Uh, I'm going to read from verse 12, and I think we have it. Just look. Do not lay your hand on the boy, and do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God. You fear God because you have not withheld for me your son, your only son. Your only son by faith, because he had Ishmael as well. Your only son. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham again a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sun. On the seashore, your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. That is God's purpose for Abraham that he will achieve through Abraham because Abraham has been obedient. That declaration of God over Abraham is called, I give you a legacy. Abraham didn't say, I obeyed you, so what's for me now? Faith is now, me now. What's for me in heaven? No, what is your plan? It was in the heart of Abraham to have descendants. He believed God for descendants. But God could not make it happen until that sacrifice was made. In his heart, in his heart. So that's legacy. So you got it. So God's purpose was to see what the extent of Abraham's love. And, and the, what I suggest to you is that sometimes we may not be able to go to love God beyond our sacrifice. And that's something hard. Because we want to tell God, God, I love you with everything. But then God tells you, give this to that person. I said, no. <laughs> well, you didn't pass the first test. Abraham, Abraham's sacrificial lifestyle had led to a prophetic moment where God would rehearse the death of his son 
through Abraham. Both Abraham and Isaac had an encounter. Had an encounter. The word spoken to them was a creative word confirming a divine destiny. That was the legacy for them. And we are tapping into this legacy today. Amen. And we're telling God, God, we want that legacy. We are part of it. At the same way, we are part of the legacy of Christ. So, just going to tell you that Jesus went similar way without sin. Okay? No, he didn't have the downs of, of Abraham. No sin for Jesus. But he had humbling moments, for instance. And you can read that in Philippians. But he humbled himself before men and God. Joseph as a father. Jesus submitted to his father, Joseph, okay? And then to John the Baptist. Why? Because he was baptized, but that was a place of humility. And also, Jesus obeyed the word of God, and he sacrificed through his service, ministry, and death. He served people. He he did not lord over people. At any time, you hear, you see in the scripture, uh, people following Jesus and people leaving Jesus. And Jesus never goes back and say, hey, what happened to you? Why are you leaving me? Never did that. That's a lesson for the church. We don't own anybody. You are owned by God. All right. So Jesus talked about this legacy in John that's scripture 8, John 10, 16. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. And they will become one flock with one shepherd. So he says, I'm the shepherd. And you are Jews, but you're part of my flock, flock number one. And I have Gentiles, flock number two. I'm going to go there and I'll bring them. He's talking about his legacy because he did not do that ministry. The disciples, the apostles did that ministry. Wow. Exciting. Praise the Lord. Because you are all called to work like me. Everyone is working here to do that work of reaching out. So what is the legacy in Matthew 28, 18 to 20? Go therefore and make disciples because Jesus got all the authority after the cross and resurrection. All authority is given to me on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them, teaching them not go to church. Teaching them to follow what I have commanded you. If you, are, if you are not following God, how can you teach anyone, anybody, anything? So why do I uh, speak about tithes and offerings? It's because I'm doing it. You don't believe me. Go to Chile and get the numbers. I'm just getting irritated, but I think it's holy irritation. <laughs> it's because I'm running out of time to tell the truth. All right, so the whole thing here, teaching them to follow, is discipleship. Let's, let, I'm just asking God, and we need to pray this fast, pray until God shows up and tells us what to do, all right? We can only disciple people to the point we have been discipled. There are a lot of leaders that have not been discipled and trying to do weird things because there's not discipling going around. So discipleship is God's intervention through men, Jesus' intervention through men to change us so we can change others. Through the work of the Holy Spirit. Basically that. If you have been discipled, you can see clearly how the hand of God is shaping your life to become more like Jesus. Is the work of the Holy Spirit, the work of the, of the Word, is something that is living and is not something that is religious, routine, and boring. Good. So, he said... In Revelation 7, 9, says that after these things, I looked and behold, a multitude of which one uh, could not count from every nation, of all the tribes, peoples, and languages. 
So God, Jesus is interested in reaching out to all nations, tribes, and languages. And we have to get involved in that because this is Jesus' legacy. He said, go to in Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Go everywhere, everywhere. That's called mission work. If we are involved in missions, we are, in work, we are involved in the work of God, in the legacy of Christ. And we become, and we will have a legacy in nations. Now, why do you think that someone, God will have someone from Spain to go to live in Singapore for 13 years and not come here today and give you this message, which sounds weird to many of you. Sounds very weird. And it's because of that legacy. Someone had to preach to me the gospel in Singapore where I was an atheist and I was trying to convince my, my girlfriend or my friend, somebody. <laughs> She was telling me about Christ, good news, and I was saying the bad news. God does not exist. I'll give you five reasons. And then she was like, oh, he's making a lot of sense. <laughs> His faith was, her faith was trembling. And every time I was doing that, God was doing something in my heart. Something again and again and again until he, God just took and said, now I'll give you a challenge. Read the word every day. Pray. Jesus, reveal yourself to me. And I, this is what I did daily, 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 and now he did it. That's why I'm here. That's what I'm saying. It's the legacy of God in the nation. Sometimes you need someone from a different culture to speak to you a different message to push you forward. All right? Push you forward. So I'm going to, believe it or not, I'm going to finish. Now I can say that. can say that. All right. But I just I think that this is a very good place to live it. Um, there is another person in the old in the New Testament that always always amazes me, and his name is Stephen. I don't know how many of you are fans of Stephen. He has a long sermon in the Book of Acts, long. Speaking, Stephen was one of those disciples that uh, uh, had taken the call. Of the apostles I said no I'm just going to go and I'm going to preach Christ and I'm going to preach what God has told me so he went to the Jews and preached so what happened what was his word what was the end of that sermon stoning and death yeah who's excited about that huh <laughs> well I'm just suggest to you that the gospel that was preached in the New Testament was a bit different from ours that was do you want to follow Christ? Yes. Okay, tomorrow you may get killed. Sorry. <laughs> That's it. Oh, enjoy your day. <laughs> I don't know how they did it. <laughs> but they said yes to Christ. And Stephen said yes. And Stephen, when he was preaching, he was discerning because the Holy Spirit was with him. And he saw people. And I can tell you, they were not people like you. You're not ready to stone me, fortunately. To bring humor to this moment is just a genius. All right, so what, what Stephen did is said, I'm just going to preach it to you until the end, more or less like me, <laughs> until the end. But someone there was taking care of the, uh, this was like a TV show, I suppose, or like a cinema, because he was taking care of the clothing. His name was Saul. His name was Saul, and Saul was seeing everything was happening, and Saul really wanted um, the way Christians to just, can you just leave us alone? Can we just get rid of all of you? <laughs> he was, he, that's what he wanted. So that's what he was working for until 
Jesus showed up in his life. Book of Acts, he became blind and a lot of things happened. But what I'm telling you about Stephen, I wanted to speak to you about Stephen today and let it be clear in your, in, in your spirit that Stephen spoke that sermon, that message to the Jews because of legacy. Because he said, Why is the, what's the point of, of, of living if I don't obey God? Unto death. Obey God unto death. He said that to himself. And what God did, he said, God said, well, since you are faithful, I'm going to give you one soul. I don't know how many got, people got saved out of those who were stoning him. I don't know. But I noticed that someone was transformed. And you don't have Paul. If you read the books of um, Romans and whatever Paul wrote, he wrote it because he was transformed. And he was transformed because someone gave his life for him. That's called legacy. So somehow Stephen was saying, it's not about me, it's about the call. It's about what God is going to do. And so you don't have Paul if you don't have Stephen. If you don't have Stephen preaching and dying, you don't have Paul. And what is the legacy of Paul? Big time. So not many people know about Stephen, to tell you the truth, because not many people know about uh, the tr a lot of things in the Bible, but never mind, I'm telling you that because it's legacy. So what is your legacy? What I'm asking you today, the practical application is, how are you sowing your life into the kingdom so that other people can benefit, can eat from your life? You say, I tell you, come to prayer on Saturday morning. It's so difficult. I have so many other things to do. Okay, then you tell me, how are you going to sow your life for the kingdom? We are at a time where God is working so much that we are going to be asked to sow and sacrifice so much that the people that don't have a mindset for the kingdom cannot stay in the same place. If you have a mindset for your own kingdom, for your own things, so for whatever you want, it's not what God wants, it may not be, this place may not be for you because this place is a place of revival. This place is a place of revival. I know many people are excited about this, but that's what I know that God has called us to be. It's a place for many nations. That's why we have people from Spain, Singapore, Iran, half Nigeria, 50% Nigeria, 45 His parents are from Nigeria. I believe nations are coming to this place and we are going to be empowered, empowered to do exploits because there is no equipping without empowering. So today was the day that God had uh, assigned for Shelley to share that testimony. Because what she was saying, she was not taking glory for that. She says, Jesus did that. But the only thing is that Jesus also gave him the grace to do it, to, to obey him. Obey, he did it. What was he saying? This is the equipping center, equipping church. This is a place where I've been equipped to do something that I was not able to do before. This is what we are here for. Brothers and sisters, we, get, we need to get busy. You want revival? Behave as if you were in revival. And it will come to you. you need, we need to take ministry seriously because it's not only about few pastors. You really think that I had it everything to all together for this morning? I did not. I'm the reluctant preacher. I know I've taken 45 minutes, but I want to finish this with a call. And we're going to do a prayer today that is a little bit different from the, the way we usually pray. 
They're asking God not only for salvation, they're asking Jesus, will you become Lord of my life? Now we know that in that area, we are not, uh, everyone is not 100% there, okay? We are different levels, but we have to ask Jesus for that. Because he's the one who's going to lead us to surrender things, to leave our father, our, our culture, our relatives, our, the influence that the world has over us, we, leave, we need to leave that behind. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and you can open or close your eyes if you want, but just uh, pray this with me aloud. If you want to have an encounter with God, if you want to uh, uh, Jesus to visit you today, uh, so just pray after me, Jesus, I thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. I repent of all my sins. And I accept your blood and your broken body as atonement for me. I ask you to be Lord of my life. I leave behind my father, my culture and the world. And I decide today to follow you. In Jesus' name. This is a holy moment. God is going to answer that prayer. Now, if this is the first time that you have prayed that prayer and allowed, and you did not know Jesus, I want you to come and see Pastor Susanna. She has a, a Bible for you. And um, I want to pray for, the, for all of you today. I really felt a sense that God wants to do something fresh. So I know that this is a fresh message. You have not heard 20 messages on legacy. Let's put it that way. That is not us. So you need a bit more. You need God to reveal all the things to you. So I want to pray for people who need healing, that need deliverance, that need a touch from God, that need a revelation from God. Because this is only the starting point. See? cannot live only by sermons every Sunday. You have to live by the word of God every day. God has to be your living bread. And for that to happen, you need him to touch you, to have understanding and to have hunger of God, hunger of God, hunger of his word, to hear him and to desire to obey him. If that is you, I want to pray for you. So I'm going to have the altar open. And if it's anybody who wants to come here, these are the three things I want to pray. But I'm going to ask you if you have any other needs, I'll ask you as well, though. All right. So that's what we are going to do from now onwards. And, and if you're still on Facebook, I want to say a blessing to all the people that look, uh, have followed this message. I pray, Lord, that you will bless them, everyone on, through Facebook, that you will show them, them the legacy that you have for them. Lord, you spoke to Jesus. You spoke to Abraham. You spoke to Joseph. They all paid a big price to bring a nation forward. We want to bring the, nation, the, the kingdom of God forward. So, Father, we pray, Lord, that you will reveal to us what we need to do. The sowing in the spirit, the sowing in our service, the sowing in our prayer, the sowing in our intercession, the sowing in, with all our lives in every single area. Lord, we commit this thing to you and we pray, Lord, for a breakthrough for everyone watching. And we declare healing and deliverance because that's the bread of your children. We bless you in Jesus' name. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To stay connected, 
follow us on Instagram or Facebook, or visit www.equippingchurch.us.